Growing in the Wilderness. The devotional for today was inspired by a picture that appeared on my computer. It was of a barren, rocky area devoid of greenery except for one small indentation in which a single tree grew. Its presence in such a dry, lifeless space seemed nothing short of a miracle. How could it grow in such an arid place? Have we ever asked ourselves that question? How, God, do you expect me to grow in such a dry, desolate space? Today, we're going to look at the purpose of being in the wilderness. Are you ready to take that journey with me? In the Bible, wilderness means a place of isolation, preservation, and revelation. It can be a place of learning or a place of rebellion. We are introduced to the concept of wilderness first in Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve are cast out of the Garden of Eden for their rebellion. Yet even in this land where the ground grew thistles and thorns and the relationships were fraught with tension, God was with them and helped them grow crops, birth and raise children, and have protection. Although our lives may be difficult in the wilderness spaces, we can still see God at work on our behalf, as Hagar realized. Hagar was the maidservant of Sarah, Abraham's wife, forced into sexual relations with her master by the barren Sarah. Hagar conceived a child. Then, filled with pride, Hagar unwisely treated Sarah with contempt, and in a jealous rage, Sarah forced Hagar to flee into the wilderness. But Hagar was not alone in her loneliness and desperation, for we read the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness and offered her counsel. Return to your mistress and submit to her authority, giving her the promise, I will give you more descendants than you can count, and prophesying about her son Ishmael. From this encounter, we see that Hagar grows in her relationship with the Lord. Being assured that God hears her cry, she declares that he is the God who sees, El Rohi and obediently returns with the assurance that God is with her even in the wilderness spaces of her life. This would be necessary years later when Sarah herself has a son, Isaac. Unfortunately, Hagar's son, Ishmael, makes fun of the young Isaac, and in another fit of rage, Sarah demands Hagar and Ishmael be sent away permanently. Reluctantly, Abraham agrees, and Hagar and Ishmael find themselves wandering aimlessly in the wilderness. With their water gone, Hagar places her son under the shade of a bush as she weeps. I can't watch him die. But God hears the boy crying. What a redeeming, comforting thing to hear. And he provides a well of water to sustain them. Sadly, although God was watching over him, Ishmael didn't learn or look to God in the wilderness where he was raised. And even though he grew to be a skillful archer, he went on to marry an Egyptian woman and become more and more distant from the things of the living God. God fulfilled his promise, giving Ishmael many descendants, but they lived in open hostility toward all their relatives. Today, the worshipers of Islam consider Ishmael as their spiritual father, and there remains vicious animosity between them and the Jews. Moses had a different experience when he fled to the wilderness. His was a remarkable life, 
spared from certain death as an infant by his ingenious mother, Moses was raised in Pharaoh's court as a privileged son. Hoping to rescue his people from the cruelty of their Egyptian masters, Moses killed an abusive guard. Then threatened with death by the Pharaoh, Moses escaped to Midian where he lived for many years. But God, hearing the groans of his suffering people, reached out to Moses. Appearing in the brilliant blaze of a burning bush, God called out to Moses as he stepped close. And it was in this moment that God explained to Moses his purposes and plans, both for his people, deliverance, and for Moses, leadership. Moses' experience in the wilderness illustrates that the calling of God is not thwarted if, if we find ourselves in isolation and in a seemingly minor position like tending sheep. God can, in an instant, take us from a place of seclusion and lead us into his place of intention, performing through us mighty acts of deliverance to free people from their spiritual or physical oppression. As with Moses, the wilderness can be a supernatural place of instruction if we will draw aside and listen. But what about the children of Israel? When at last Pharaoh freed them, God deliberately led them into the wilderness because he knew if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. In this case, he was leading them into the wilderness to help them resist temptation. Perhaps you're in your current wilderness state to help you fight the battles that the world and its attractions would lure you into. For even there, as God promises, he makes a way of escape. In the case of the children of Israel, it's the miraculous opening of the Red Sea. And for us, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than we can stand. And when we're tempted, he will show us a way out so that we can endure we should always watch for our Red Sea moment. Not only does God deliver us from our actual or spiritual enemies, but he provides for us in the wilderness. Through his generosity and despite their complaining, he provided manna, bread from heaven, and quail, meat from the skies to the children of Israel. He even produced water from the rock to satisfy their thirst. God was abundant in his provision, and for the 40 years that Israel wandered, he continued to bless them with his presence and provision so they'd lack for nothing, ensuring that neither their clothes or sandals would wear out, and rescuing them time and again from their numerous enemies. Not only that, but they witnessed the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud and received his heavenly counsel. Further, God even brought human counsel to Moses in the wilderness in the form of his father-in-law, who instructed him in leadership. In what ways have you seen God show himself to you in the wilderness seasons? And when has he given you godly counsel to set you on the right path or provided you with a right wise mentor to guide your decisions? But sometimes we lead ourselves into the wilderness by our disobedience, as was the case of the children of Israel. Yet God cared for them as he cares for us, as a father cares for his child. And when we find ourselves there, God will seek to humble and test us in order to prove our character and find out if we'll finally obey his commands. But David and Elijah both found themselves in the wilderness when they had to flee their enemy. For David, it was Saul, and for Elijah, it was Jezebel and her husband Ahab. 
In both instances, these men were doing what God called them to do. They were not acting in rebellion, although they were certainly beleaguered and distressed by their condition. Yet they found God faithful to protect and provide for them, sending brave warriors to walk with David and an angel with food and water to sustain Elijah. And each maintained their integrity and obedience to God through and beyond their wilderness season, with David sparing Saul's life and finally earning the kingdom, and Elijah mentoring the young Elisha to take over his prophetic role. John the Baptist chose to minister in the wilderness, preaching repentance and reconciliation with God. But he recognized his primary role as one who prepares the way for the coming of the Lord. Jesus, too, experienced time in the wilderness. It was directly after his baptism by John and his father's heavenly announcement, this is my dearly loved son. As Mark describes it, Jesus was compelled by the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness. And Matthew explains that it was to victoriously endure the devil's three temptations, physical hunger, lust for power, and open rebellion against God. Throughout those 40 days before the devil attacked him, Jesus was in prayer, and thus he overcame by his surrendered life, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God, a lesson for each of us when we face our temptation in the wilderness. Jesus also chose the wilderness as a location for prayer and as a site for miracles. Our lives do not need to be in stasis when we're in the wilderness, for God is as active there as he is anywhere. For he will take care of us in the wilderness, either by making a pathway through it or turning our wilderness into a fertile field. So let us not harden our hearts in the wilderness or test the patience of God, but let us earnestly seek him and praise him in his enduring love, for he will safely guide us through. Thank you, O God, for your lessons in the wilderness.